today on Watching Your Wealth, how to build a proper wine cellar. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Curtis Dahl is principal of Joseph and Curtis Custom Wine Cellars and Humidors. He builds stocks and manages wine cellars for wealthy clients and celebrities. Welcome, Kurt. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Oh, great to have you. Kurt, so you said folks need to first figure out if the wine cellar is for storage or for show. Tell us about that. Well, a lot of people um, have been creating spaces in their homes, whether it's apartments in urban areas and cities or it's you know suburban homes, not just where it used to be about 10 years ago, everything was in the basement. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people did have, you know, cellars that you could entertain in, but everybody had to kind of, you know, rummage through the house, <laughs> toys and all that in the basement. Dark basement. But yeah. over the last, I'd say, five years or so has really become prevalent. And I think it's basically from the restaurant experience where mm. people are kind of eating amongst the wine. Nice. Um, They've started to add spaces in their homes on the main levels off of the kitchen or creating, you know, spaces up on the main floor where the adults can go, you know, get out of the kitchen and sit down and be able to, you know, act like adults uh, <laughs> and drink wine. And in those spaces, going back to the original question, people are coming to us and saying, you know, I have X amount of bottles either off-site that I'm storing but I'd like to get a showpiece here in my home, whether it's an art piece mm-hmm. or it's just something where I want some glass and LED lighting and be able to, you know, kind of show off some of their specialty bottles mm-hmm. um, and be able to kind of slow time down and be able to entertain. And other people do not have that luxury where they don't have as much space and they're, you know, coming to us and saying, hey, you know what, I have a 10 by 12 room. That's all I have. You know, give me as many bottles as I possibly can. Neat, neat. So you really tailor it to what you need as a as a wine connoisseur. It really depends on what you personally need. So let's talk about some of the considerations when you're building out that wine cellar. Yeah, I would think you would, especially in regions like California, maybe not so much in the Northeast, but perhaps um, you need to think about vibration, right? Absolutely. Um, any of the areas where you know light, vibration, any of that can really affect the laydown process uh, and the aging process of, of your, you know, of your wine. And the laydown process, uh, just so I'm clear, is like when you put the bottles flat or lay yeah, on their the lay, side? Yeah, and that in the process of, of time, you know, of letting the bottles sit in your cellar in a temperature-controlled space where they're, you know, able to, you know, perform better over time and taste better over time um, or, or just change over time. Mm-hmm. You know, because, again, wine is a living, breathing you know, entity that mm. is constantly in flux, whether it's getting better or worse, it's usually <laughs> getting better if it's stored properly, mm-hmm. hopefully. Uh, but vibration is something that you have to keep in mind. Um, we try to do, we try to build racks uh, per the area where people live. And if they are in an area like California and so forth, we add a lot more stability to the racking, a little bit thicker um, base frames and things like that, and a lot more stability as far as the screws and nails. We hide them so that people don't see it, but they're reinforced also sometimes behind the sheetrock where we add a lot of blocking and things like that so that the, you know, the racks can hold up to any type of vibrations. Uh, we're talking about lighting. Do you want to generally keep your bottles away from the sunlight? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, a, that's a huge uh, no-no when it comes to you know, storing wine long-term. Uh, 
Light inside a wine cellar, if it's LED lighting, creates no heat and doesn't affect the wine at all. Mm-hmm. It's also a way that we use to highlight, you know, display areas and to give the uh, sellers, especially the contemporary ones, options with different colors and so forth. But natural light from the sun or from windows and things like that are an absolute no-no around wine. So the, the ways to kind of combat that are obviously designing in certain spaces that are away from natural light or if they're, again, you're in an urban area or something and there's windows all around, we use different types of glass and so forth with UV protection to be able to, you know, protect the, uh, the customer's wines. Now, if you want to put in a tasting area, you were talking that, that, about that before when you might have some friends over, you show your wines, maybe you have someone to come in and talk about those wines. Where should you put that within relation to the space? Uh, usually we try to do it, you know, somewhere around the wine cellar or the wine feature because it's just a natural fit, you know, just like we were talking about, about the restaurant area, uh, one begets the other. So a lot of times, especially in, I'll use a particular example that we just built out, a uh, customer just added on a 17 by 17 foot tasting room in a suburban home just outside of New York City. Nice. And then created a 12 by 6 foot space for a wine cellar. And it's only six foot, six feet deep. The racks are about a foot deep. So you got about five feet of walking space. It's 12 feet wide. And the whole entire front was seamless glass, you know, from end to end. Mm, and the, they put a big tasting table just outside of there. And it seats up to about 14. And with a 17 by 17 room, it's right off of their family room, living room, and kitchen. So it's all just one big flow into there. And I've been there for parties. And, you know, normally when, you know, people come into your home, they're all gravitating, like, towards the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Now it's like the kids go into the basement and the adults go right into that tasting area and it's a great place to serve dinners or appetizers and tastings and it's just it's just a great way place to be able to unwind. That sounds and, fantastic. And you know just kind of slow time down and you know be amongst adults. Indeed. Now is the tasting room itself is that's not climate controlled, right? It's just the cellar that's climate controlled. Usually what we try to do is to to try to create a space that's not in the conditioned space because most cellars are set anywhere between 56 and 59 degrees. That's right. kind of the sweet spot. A little cold we, we, tasting yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> cold to you know, spend a, an entire dinner in there. It's, it's pretty cold. So, again, if the, this all comes down to this, this space allotment that uh, each individual, you know, has in their home or apartments and so forth, you know, and, and again, also goes back to how many bottles they need to store and if it's a showpiece and so forth. A lot of people will come to us and say, I don't care if I have 300 bottles or 1,000 bottles. Here's your space, and right outside of there, I want to be able to have a table or a barrel or, you know, some type of seating area, whether it's, you know, higher countertops, you know, bar height where it's more relaxing, mm-hmm. or if it's actual table where you can sit down and eat. Uh, most of the places are unconditioned. And another thing you want to think about, too, and you, I think you alluded to this before, is the size of your bottles. You might have some really big bottles, or maybe you don't. So when you're building your wine cellar, you want to consider that, right? Yeah, I, I think it's. I think magnums in large format are great collectibles, and they're, they're something that are also great at parties where you can open up a big bottle. Not everybody buys them, but a lot of collectors do. And it, it all comes back down to your you know, your buying habits and trying to kind of foresee years out what you might get interested in. You know, a good designing team 
can create space for any size bottles, uh, whether it's six liters, three liters, one and a half magnums, or, you know, 750s. When we first started building cellars uh, around 2000, there was about four sizes that I kept coming across with 750 milliliter bottles, you know, standard 750s. Mm. There's now over 65 or 70 different ones. So I've built cellars where a customer will come to me and say, hey, I have this particular bottle, and it's really wide, like a Turley. Uh, Some Bordeaux bottles are like that. Or this is a, you know, a very small boutique, you know, vineyard in California, and they make these oddball bottles. Can you make specific sizes to this? Got it. You know, you really have to think about what you have and how you want to store them. And, 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 yes, there's, you know, spaces for all different size bottles. Great tips. Thank you so much, Kurt. You're welcome. Would you stick around and take our fun wine quiz? I would absolutely love to. Uh, All right, great. You stick around, too. Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at the Wall Street Journal, and I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. And check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, back to the show. Now it's time for wine expert Kurt Dahl to take our fun wine quiz. Kurt, you ready? I am ready. So what's the best wine advice you ever received? To buy two of whatever you're interested in, so that way you can put one away to store in your cellar and to, uh, the first one to be able to drink you know, whenever you need to. That's great. Worst wine advice you ever heard? That Charles Shaw is actually a good wine. <laughs> okay. The two buck chuck. Oh man. Fill in the blank. Wine can buy. Uh taste, passion, and true love. Huh. Wine can't buy. Taste. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. If you won a million dollars after tax, what type of wine would you buy? Ooh. Uh I'm very open minded with wine, but I do absolutely think that the two thousand thirteen California vintage is unbelievable, and I probably would buy $1 million worth of some of my favorite California wines and just put it away. Wow. Okay. Great fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Kurt. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great day. You too. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of the Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.